I'm betting today that 10 years from now, none of us will have a hard copy driver's license. None of us. Welcome back. Earlier this week, BlackRock, the largest investment management company in the world with over $10 trillion in assets, released a blockchain ETF. Should you invest? Here's everything you need to know about the future of blockchain tech. So what is blockchain? Well, as it says in the name, the blockchain is comprised of blocks, which are just stores of digital data, and the chain, which is the ledger on which each block is connected. To help answer this question and add knowledge to the conversation, I've brought in Dr. Paul Lopez, co-founder of 1111 Ventures, a venture capital firm focused on investing in early-stage tech companies, specifically those involved with the blockchain. It's a decentralized ledger that says, um, you know, basically it allows everybody to make sure that the data is verified because if one person changes it, the whole blockchain event effectively falls apart. What seems like a simple concept actually has huge technological implications. But will it impact our everyday lives? For the blockchain to work, a transaction must first take place. Once the transaction is validated by a group of computers, the information of the transaction is stored in a block. The block gets a hash, which is just a unique identifier generated as a mathematical function of the data it's encoding. The blocks are then attached to each other by chains. This process is what gives blockchain its first key characteristic. It's virtually unhackable. Because each block holds a connection to the other ones, if a hacker tries to edit the blockchain, they would have to change every block in the chain to reflect their change. They would also have to control over 50% of the computers to validate the altered blockchain. Otherwise, their version would just get rejected at the validation step. Just for a little bit more technological background, this validation process is what differentiates various blockchains. Two of the most common types are proof of work and proof of stake. There are pros and cons to both, but we're not gonna spend too much time on the details of the tech. Because of the number of computers constantly maintaining and validating the blockchain, the costs required to hack it are almost unsurmountable. This brings us to the second key characteristic of blockchain. It's decentralized. That means that each computer maintains its own copy of the blockchain, and that validation is a peer review process. Further, the ledger is publicly available and verifiable, meaning there's no central authority over any of these processes. That's theoretically all great, but what can we actually do with it? I'm sure all of you have been bombarded 
by information and memes about cryptocurrency and NFTs and the metaverse. And while these are completely legitimate applications of blockchain technology, I want to take this time to focus on some other applications that may not get so much publicity. Focusing on the ledger aspect of the blockchain, there's a huge opportunity for government to streamline the storage and accessibility process of public records. For example, healthcare and property records could be digitized and stored on the blockchain to remain secure and encrypted. Ledger encryption of the data in each block allows records to remain anonymous unless accessed by their specific owner using what's called a public-private key. Other governmental applications include overhauling the voter system to use blockchain instead of physical voting stations. Now, I don't know about you, but while this would be a great application to avoid voter fraud, help alleviate voter suppression, and for a plethora of other reasons, I don't see so-called bloated bureaucracies making this transition in the near term. It's important to keep that in mind. While the tech is great, how feasible and permanent is the transition towards it? Using the blockchain, you can also build what are called decentralized apps or dApps. One of the most important blockchain-based apps is smart contracts. Basically, once all conditions are met by parties involved, the contract will automatically execute. This could potentially eliminate the need for a middleman in most transactions. In e-commerce in particular, the need for trusted third-party credit processors could be eliminated. For example, your money would remain in escrow until the shipping label of your order reported delivered. Services like PayPal already have functions similar to this, and by using smart contracts, they could streamline the process and promote trust for smaller businesses. In fact, they're already planning on rolling out some of these decentralized apps for their customers. Another potential use can be found in supply chain tracking and management. Knowing exactly where food is coming from can help track disease outbreaks such as E. coli and other harmful products. IBM's Food Trust blockchain is one of the leaders in the space. I think by now it's abundantly clear that there's no shortage of blockchain applications. But what can we do with this information? It's still a very volatile and scary market to enter into. So, Dr. Lopez, is the volatile crypto market the only way to invest in blockchain tech? Clearly, crypto and fintech are the predominance of the use of blockchain today. You know, probably 85-90% if not greater. But that's like in my day where we used to think email was internet, but internet was email. Literally, right? Back in the, they say the internet got started in the 60s, I think it got started in the 80s. And so email was that first thing instead of having to handwrite letters, right? So similarly, you know, where it's taken off is all the fintech and cryptocurrency. Right? But if you really want to get into blockchain technology, I tell you a simple way is uh, look at companies that are using blockchain tokens to decentralize the data collection and the verification of all their businesses. That's really what blockchain is, right? So an idea I'd give your listeners 
is you could start something as easy as looking up if today there's a whole technology around IoT. IoT is probably for your generation a big, big opportunity over the next decade. And much of that is happening using the blockchain as a basic technology. So off the top of your head, are there any companies that you can think of currently implementing blockchain tokenization or IoT companies doing the same? So I'll give you two examples that are not crypto oriented, because I think if you go, you know, Google anything, you're going to find crypto, 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 fintech, fintech, fintech. So those are easy, easy meaning go get smart about it. But the two sectors that you mentioned are, you know, regular companies, I think companies that people would recognize to some extent and understand what they do without it becoming very complicated technology. So in the regular companies, believe it or not, uh, big bets are getting made in blockchain to, to port much of their research and future architectures would be IBM and MasterCard. I'm definitely going to make note of those, but I hope it's not too late to invest. Do you think that the market is oversaturated or is it still in a rapid growth phase? Yeah, you know, my brother asked me that about four years ago when Bitcoin was a four, low four-figure number, and I told him, don't do it. So you can tell now what I'm about to say. It's never too late. I think what you have to do, first of all, is decide off your investment dollar what piece you're going to put in blockchain. My answer would be, you know, use a number that's probably single-digit percent because it takes some amount of understanding and then use, you know, diversify into other things, stocks, bonds, real estate, private companies, all of those opportunities when you diversify, give you a more balanced portfolio, but I would not say it's too late. All the promise of blockchain, I think is still mostly ahead of us uh, and big bets are getting made, but don't put so much that it would, you know, bankrupt you by saying, oh, I'm gonna put 90 cents of my dollar of investment into infrastructure companies like we mentioned. Right. So as a high-risk investment, kind of mitigate the weight of it in your portfolio. And the other part, I think, if your listeners are young, they've got a much longer time horizon than people who may be like their parents, right? Who are wanting to have a retirement nest egg in five years. That's a very different portfolio to have in terms of risk tolerance than somebody who says, I got a 25-year horizon. I think you mentioned that another way to do it is if there are profits, take out at least your beginning capital. Uh, and that way then let the upside rise. That's another strategy that you could use. Because uh, at least for the short term, you know, now on the other hand, there's a tremendous amount of volatility expected in the next few months. So in that regard, you just have to be smart. And I think you mentioned that one of your learnings is uh, be very analytical, very quantitative in your decisioning rather than emotional, which is qualitative. And maybe say, look, if it goes up by X, I'm going to sell off 40%, 50%. If it drops by X percent, do the same. Don't go, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. Right? So I think the more analytical, the more diversified, the better off you would be from an investment kind of uh, execution. Okay, last question. We've already discussed the immense volatility present in the current market. In December, the crypto market cap topped $3 trillion. Two months later, it had dropped below $2 trillion. Do you think that this volatility is a permanent feature of the blockchain tech market? Permanent is a 
adjective I wouldn't use because permanent says forever, right? So, but I think in the upcoming decade, it's likely to stay that way. Um, you know, much like we saw in the internet and with the uh, you know 2000, 2001 uh, issue. Yet today, tech is very strong. But on the other hand, it could also go up, it could go down. So I'd say in the short term to medium term, that volatility will be there. Uh, and therefore, you have to decide your risk tolerance, which is why I use the number single digit percent of your investment portfolio is what I would suggest no more. Uh, other than if your risk tolerance is a whole lot higher, it's not for me. I, even for a young person who may have a very long horizon, I wouldn't do it. Uh, I think over decades, much like, you know, people have gotten to understand the internet, clearly banking, clearly, you know, I'll use an example. I'm betting today that uh, 10 years from now, none of us will have a hard copy driver's license. None of us. It will all be on the blockchain. Uh, which means you and your buddies can't change and forger a driver's license either. So the cops would feel that's better, but I think that's good, right? So just use that as an example that 10 years from now, and in fact, even they say currency in certain countries in some of the Scandinavian countries, there is no currency. It's all digital. Um, and I trying to think the last time I used a $20 bill was a long time ago, right? I do think that that kind of change will come. It won't seem to be real short, but it, over time, I think blockchain will come into being over the next decade from more. So you've mentioned a few applications, but what would you say are the most key industries that blockchain will need to embed itself into to distance itself from this sort of volatility that we see now? Well, you know, clearly, as I said, 85, 90 plus percent of the current focus is all in the financial sector, right? So we'll leave that aside. Uh, and there's always volatility, much like there's always been about currency, et cetera. I do think the ones that could make sense are ones where you want to have openness and where information has to be legitimate and non-changeable. Right? And if that's the case, I do think energy would be one uh, in which you know, the trading of energy credits, um, be it gas, be it herbs of energy, be it electricity, be it whatever it is, I think that's one where, and, and you're dealing with very large players, right? You're not dealing with a B2C kind of customer. I think that would bring volatility down, would be one example. I do believe one in which I don't know I can predict high volatility or not, but I think one that will make it more understood would be in the agriculture food industry, because that's one we all understand. And I do think we all care about what we put in our bodies. We just don't know very much about it. Right? It's whatever the supermarket brands as being something. What if, in fact, that entire chain was built on blockchain technology where we knew that something we were, the orange juice we were drinking was truly natural as opposed to somebody just said it was natural. I do think those might be two industries one one being very consumer oriented, the first one being one where there's big players and you want to have minimal uh, volatility would be two that I throw out as possible. While we may not feel the effects of blockchain tech on our everyday lives for a while, its impact will send waves through many industries. The adoption of the technology by big industries like energy and commerce and finance should reduce volatility of the blockchain tech market. But how long will it take? 
I would like to extend a huge thank you to Dr. Paul Lopez, as well as Yahoo Finance and Investopedia for their help in constructing this podcast. Please remember that we're not associated with any of the companies mentioned in this episode. Thanks for listening.